Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, pregnancy-focused chiropractor, Dr. Elliot Berlin. My guest today is returning just shortly after having her first baby. Last time we talked, things were taking an interesting turn. Jenna Ashkowitz, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank or maybe you. I should say things weren't taking we're an interesting turn. Not taking an interesting That's exactly right. <laughs> so you're all fit and healthy and you're planning for this epic vaginal birth. And then your baby was not cooperating with positioning. That's right. She was breech and she was breech all the way until she was born. So what kind of things did you do <laughs> or not do <laughs> to try to help encourage the turn? Um, you know, I did almost everything except for the ECV. I worked with you and I was basically on, you know, cat cow all night long, every night and upside down. And I did the moxibustion. I did swimming in a pool, handstands, you name it, except for the ECV. I tried it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, were you swimming through the pregnancy? I wasn't swimming through the pregnancy, which is, you know, if I could go back, maybe I would stretch more, <laughs> but I wasn't swimming through the pregnancy. It wasn't warm enough here, but you know, nothing said to me that I would be having an issue with a breech baby until probably 34 weeks. Was it ever like discussed or brought up to me that this could be an issue? you know, or could be something we'd have to, you know, kind of explore in terms of C-sections or ECVs. Yeah, not a lot of time to react to it, but you managed to do a lot of stuff anyway. I did. I fit it all in into four good weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hadn't been swimming, was it weird to get into a pool with the baby in you? Yeah, it definitely was. It felt really nice, actually. It felt, you know, like a little bit weightless. It like gave me a little bit of rest in my back. And I didn't swim a ton. Um, that was probably the thing I did the least out of all the things I tried, just because I didn't have access to my own pool. But I did enjoy it. And handstands were kind of fun. <laughs> did you go with a lifeguard? <laughs> I had a lifeguard in my stomach. <laughs> it's true. You're never alone quite at that point. No, I swam with a friend. I swam with a friend for sure. So did any of those things feel like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is working. You know, the swimming for like two or three days after the first time I swam and did about 15 handstands, it felt like she was moving quite a bit, a bit more than I normally felt. So I thought maybe she turned, maybe she turned. And then, you know, I think I went back to you and we were doing our, you know, massages and you were like, oh no, she's definitely not turned. Um, not yet. And I think you were also encouraged, although we were a little late we were pretty close to my due date when you were like, you know, she keeps moving out of your pelvis more and more. Like we were pretty encouraged by it. But by that point, we were pretty close to the date that I actually had scheduled my C-section for. Right. The ECV. So it's the external cephalic version. It's where the doctor tries to turn the baby manually from the outside through your belly. And you gave it a lot of thought. What information did you have that you were taking into account in your analysis of whether to do it or not? Yeah, <laughs> I gave it more than a lot of thought. I gave it the most thought and it kind of stressed me out, which in turn, I thought she's never going to turn if my body is so stressed about doing this or not doing this. The information that I had that my doctor gave me was, you know, it's 50% 
you know, success rate, if that. And I asked her, I said, how many people who are breached do it? And she said, it's a good question, about 50% of the people who she talks to. So it's not a lot of people. Um, I had asked a bunch of friends who I know had breach babies, if they did the ECV and 99% of them did not, they opted out. So there were very few people that I spoke to that actually even tried it. There were a few that said in retrospect, they maybe would have tried it now that they thought about it, but most of them just kind of opted in for the C-section or they turned. And then, you know, I did a bit of my own online research. I talked to you. I talked to my doctor. I talked to friends. I had one family member who did the ECD and she turned successfully she was then induced that day and then she ended up having have a C-section anyway. So, <laughs> um, you know, the risk factors kind of outweighed the pros for me. And then also just knowing how stubborn I am, um, if she was anything <laughs> like me, she was not turning. So it just something in my gut said, you know, this is her journey and she was not going to turn. Well, there was definitely something in your gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She was in my gut. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you really gave it a lot of thought because it seemed like you were back and forth and back and forth. Every day. Every day was like every minute it changed. My husband had to ask, like, how do you feel today? And how do you feel now? And every day it would change a little bit. And then the weekend before the Monday I was scheduled for the ECV, I just said, you know what? I have to drown out the noise. I have to stop hearing everybody's opinions and I have to just really go with my gut at this point because I'm a very competitive person. I like to be challenged. I'm stubborn. I will do something in spite of somebody else. So I just didn't want to do this for somebody else or in spite of something else. So I really took the weekend. I stopped asking questions. I kind of just went inward and thought about it really. And after speaking to all my friends who had had C-sections and said, you know, look, if she doesn't turn, C-section is not the worst thing in the world. A million people do it. So the alternative wasn't so bad to me anymore that I just kind of came to peace with not getting on the table, putting ourselves, you know, with more stress. And the minute I decided there was like this relief that kind of came over me and I was able to really enjoy the last week of my pregnancy. Well, that's great. Um, in that decision making, in that back and forth in your mind, were there different personal pros and cons to the vaginal birth versus cesarean birth? You know, I was never really married to the vaginal birth. I just thought, you know, for eight months, I had imagined that's how it was going to go. And I was excited about it. It kind of feels like a rite of passage, you know, to go through the hours and hours of labor and go through all the pain and kind of grit and you know, ride the whole thing out. And it's very exhilarating and exciting to me. And I love how athletic giving birth vaginally sounds. That sounded so exciting to me. But when, you know, at 34 weeks, when she kind of told me like, we should schedule a C-section for you just in case. And, you know, we could try the ECV and it just kind of really became very real to me. And I thought, wow, I guess this isn't exactly how I imagined it going, but I wasn't devastated by it. So you know, there were pros and cons there. I just thought if she turns, I'm supposed to have a vaginal birth. If she doesn't turn, this is how it's going to go. And I'm just kind of going to go with the flow because I think learning from your podcast and all of these women and everybody, you have to be able to 
be flexible with how this is going to go because I could have went and done the ECD and ended up having to have an emergency C-section anyway. I could have done all the things and she could have turned and I could have ended up with an emergency C-section anyway. So it was just kind of one of those things that I thought, I don't think it ever really goes exactly how you imagine it going. And that kind of kept me at peace with however this was going to kind of turn out. Once you made that decision and peace settled upon you and you still had a little time left before the cesarean date. What did you do with your uh, final days of freedom? Yeah. You know, after that logistically forced planned C-sections, I talked to two friends who had scheduled C-sections where they had a time and a date and they went in and they knew and they checked in on their own. And, you know, that was really helpful. That was really, really helpful for me to understand from their exact perspective, what I was getting into. And then from like a leisure standpoint, I just kind of stopped getting upside down as much. And I stopped working out and, you know, took more walks, not too many, because I don't also want to put myself in labor. And, you know, went and ate dinner with my husband. We, We had some dates and finished renovating my house. I had workers up until I think two days before I gave birth at the house, finishing our kitchen. And everybody's like, you don't look like you're giving birth tomorrow. And I'm like, well, it's happening. (laughs) (laughs) We have reservations. Yeah, exactly. Finish up here. Chop, chop. (laughs) Did you do anything in those days to prepare? I mean, you talk to people, but did you do anything specifically to prepare either your mind or your body for the birth? You know, I made a birth playlist because I was allowed to play music in the OR but what's on the play? Oh, you didn't play it. Well, it did start playing. And then when she came out, my husband went over to like the table to see her and somehow the playlist went on shuffle and it started playing his music. And it was like the one thing that didn't go to my plan. (laughs) (laughs) What was on your playlist? My playlist was um, one of our wedding songs from a band called Need to Breathe. They're like a folk band. I had a couple of 2000 songs like Backstreet Boys. I'm not going to lie. My doctor was like, I love that this is on your playlist. Um, (laughs) We had some nice John Mayer. I had Moana on there because I played Disney songs for her when she was in my stomach. Yeah. And there was a couple of other songs on there that I had played for her as well um, every day leading up to when she was born. Yeah. It was just a mellow playlist. It was like fun, but mellow. I didn't want any like punk rock on there, you know, welcoming (laughs) her to the world. And, you know, I actually, I had stayed pretty active because I was lucky enough to have a good pregnancy and a um, pretty low key, healthy pregnancy. So I really did stay active, which I think helped in my recovery a million times over. But I did mostly just little yoga flows leading up that last week. I kind of laid off everything else hardcore when I was told she was breach. <laughs> did things go through your mind about what it would be like, or are you good at just shutting that off and waiting till you get there? Oh, no, for sure. It played in my mind. I think I only allowed myself to play the best case scenario just because I'd heard so many horror stories about emergency C-sections and C-sections in general and the recovery. I was mostly scared about the recovery, to be honest, rather than the actual procedure. And I have a close friend who warned me about a couple of things that she wasn't warned about that she wished she had known going in, such as when you get the spinal, because 
when you're, you know, you have a plan C-section, you get to do that instead of going in with the epidural and laboring for hours. You know, you're breathing, like sometimes you can't feel your chest rise and fall and you panic because you don't feel like you're actually able to breathe. She recommended talking a lot. So just like keep talking to remind yourself that you're in mind that you can breathe. Mm Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, though, my spinal was strong enough that I couldn't feel pain, but I felt everything. Like I felt a lot of pressure. I felt movement. I felt touch. So I wasn't 100% numb where I felt paralyzed, you know, where I couldn't feel anything at all. Yeah, there are definitely moments where like sleep was not non in any way, but <laughs> leading up to is definitely there were so many scenarios that played out in my head and I think I had heard somebody on your podcast who had an emergency C-section that like she kept bleeding out after. And so that was going through my mind and, you know, all these things, but you just kind of try to shut it out after a while and go, you know, just hope for the best. And Glad I could help. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and prepare for, you know, you just prepare your brain. But I feel lucky because I was able to process the switch, you know, from going to a vaginal birth to a C-section. I had weeks to process if that was going to happen to me and to know that that's what I was getting into versus somebody who delivers and, you know, has zero seconds to really kind of go through that. And then they're going through it postpartum. So. All right. Well, let's take a break. And you're an excellent storyteller. So I feel like a lot of people are in this position and just so curious about what to expect. And I feel like you're going to be able to really bring us into the experience. So we'll be right back with Jenna Ashkowitz. (laughs) I have an incredible offer for you for my friends at Needed. An astounding 95% of women aren't meeting their omega-3 needs. Omega-3 fatty acids, especially DHA and EPA, are crucial for both mother and baby. They support brain and eye health, maternal mood, immunity, and much more. But it can be hard to get enough omega-3 from diet alone, especially during pregnancy when many people are averse to eating fish. And if you've ever taken a fish oil pill, you know just how unpleasant that can be. That's why I'm excited to share that my friends at Needed have have revolutionized the omega-3 supplement with two different options designed specifically for mamas. An omega-3 powder that blends into smoothies and a pill option that tastes like fresh citrusy bergamot. Both are sustainably sourced from vegan algae, not fish. Both are great options for nausea and sensitive prone mamas. Needed's omega-3 powder is delivered in liposomes, nature's very cool way of protecting and delivering omega-3 just like in breast milk. Needed's omega-3 is clinically proven to be five times better absorbed than fish oil pills. The powder is mild tasting and it pairs great with Needed's prenatal multi-powder and collagen protein powder in a daily smoothie. If powder isn't your thing, Needed's got you covered with those omega-3 plus capsules, which have a pleasant citrus flavor. Needed is sharing an awesome pre-order discount just for my listeners. Buy two, get one free on either Omega-3 option, powder or capsules. You can stock up on either one or try them both. With this exclusive discount, use code 3BERLIN, the number 3BERLIN at thisisneeded.com. Put three Omega-3s in your cart, use the code number 3BERLIN at thisisneeded.com, buy two, get one free. Well, 
Welcome back to the podcast. We're talking to Jenna Ashkowitz. Okay, fine. So you're planning on a vaginal birth. You're super athletic. You thought it was going to be an amazing experience. And uh, <laughs> the baby had other ideas. You did lots of things to encourage the baby to pick the position which is more conducive for vaginal birth. The baby did not comply. And then you chose not to force the baby into place but rather to prepare for a scheduled cesarean. So what time of day was it scheduled for? Well, funnily enough, it was scheduled for a date that I did not want. <laughs> it was scheduled for 6-6. Oh. <laughs> and sorry to all the kids out there with 6-6 birthday. I <laughs> <laughs> just figured if I have some semblance of control over this, I can kind of pick her birthday, which I thought was cool. And I called my doctor and she's like, yeah, you're on, you're slated for 6-6. And I was like, it's the one day I really didn't want. Is there any way you can swap me? And being the wonderful woman she is, she's like, we went through a bunch of dates and she said, look, they don't normally schedule noon C-sections at Cedars, but I'm going to ask. And she got me a noon C-section in early June. So I was not on 6-6, six, six, <laughs> ah, which I was been very happy. 6-6-2-2. Six, six, two, two. Well, it would have been 6-6 six, six at 6 p.m. And I wasn't thrilled about having a C-section at 6 p.m. because you have to fast all day. And like, you're just sitting there waiting for this thing to happen all day long. Oh, that's already so, like a good amount of forethought. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'd prefer a morning where I wake up, you know, not thinking about not having breakfast and my coffee for too long. So it was in a 12 o'clock. We went to dinner the night before, um, I enjoyed a really nice meal. And then I had to be there at 10 a.m., two hours before my actual appointment, if you will. And you're not allowed to have any water or anything, but I am a voracious water drinker. I am always, always thirsty. So I brought some ice cubes on the way. Um, and you're nervous already, right? You're on your way to like have your baby. You're like nervous and your mouth's dry. So I had put an ice cube in my mouth. I would like take three little like socks of it and then I would throw it out the window. <laughs> oh, wow. Just <laughs> so they that wouldn't I even actually... let you have ice chips? No, nothing. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I mean, I thought, okay, if people have emergency C-sections on full stomachs, like I can have a couple of sex of an ice cube. <laughs> yeah, you're such a and rebel. Like I am. I am hardcore. Live on the rule breaker. <laughs> so I got there at 10. We checked in. I brought my cooler for my placenta. We had brought all of our stuff and it was very low key. He's like, oh, you have a scheduled C-section. That's why you're so calm, <laughs> like checking in. And um, they brought me back and they made sure she was still breech, which I thought was funny. Like, watch, oh. she turns now and they send you home, right? Yeah, um, what wouldn't be funny <laughs> is if they No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. They're like, oh, look ahead. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we got in and, you know, they prepped me and they gave my husband his scrubs and like before you know it we were getting ready to go like they had put the heart monitor on her to make sure you know her heart rate was good they put me in my little scrubs my hospital gown and then i walked myself to the or i was like oh you're not gonna wheel me and they're like no you can walk yourself <laughs> so <laughs> so i walked myself in and my husband waited outside while they do the spinal and that's when i got really nervous because I was like, what, without my husband, but my doctor was like trying to talk to me. And she was like, what did you guys do last night? And 
the anesthesiologist came in and introduced herself earlier in my like pre-op. And then I was in the OR and I thought, you know, it's funny. I imagined that there would be like 15 people in this OR, like you see in Grey's Anatomy and they all be working on you. But it was really my nurse, my doctor and like two assistants and the anesthesiologist. Like it was so chill and low key. And there were like Uh four people in there and cozy. It was so cozy and comfortable and really, no, but honestly, it was pretty lovely. And then they started the anesthesia, which was so strange. I think that was the hardest, strangest part for me. And I went in with two mantras. This is supposed to happen and it's supposed to feel this way. And I can do hard things. And just when I would start to get nervous or my mind would wander, I would just come back to those because I've never had major surgery before really any kind of surgery except for maybe an anoscopy where I was in like twilight sleep. So this was like the biggest kind of thing and obviously life-changing anyway that you're going to meet your baby. So, you know, I tried to like prep myself that way and they put the spinal in. I barely felt it. I really didn't feel it at all. They said there's going to be a pinch and a burn. And I was like, where's the pinch? Where's the burn? Oh, you didn't feel the pinch? (laughs) No. (laughs) I think the pinch is them numbing you. Yeah, I didn't feel any of that. And then they're like, you should lay down before you get too numb. And I was like, oh, God. So they laid me down. And then I started to feel like numb a little bit. And they would do the cold test where they would put the cold thing on your arm. And obviously that was not numb. So I could feel that. And then they would do it below my rib cage. And over time, it definitely just started to wear in and they tip the table. They're like, you're going to feel like you're going to fall off this table, but we got you just to make sure that the medicine was being evenly dispersed throughout my body. Yeah. Yeah, Is your husband still not in there at this point? No, he's not. Um, My doctor is still in there and she's like, oh, let me go give him this speaker that he can set up his phone for the playlist. And they warned us like, here, make sure you bring your phone and a separate phone for your playlist because you'll want to take pictures, obviously, with one phone and play music with the other. So he's still not there. And then they did a timeout and then they brought him in probably about 15 minutes the timeout is yeah they just say my name and my birthday and what we're doing and I confirm all of it and then they brought my husband in and he said for him that was the craziest moment was him standing out there in his scrubs all by himself and that was the craziest for me was just being about him is there a solid reason why he can't be with you no but that is like standard. I've heard like everybody says they separate you for a bit and then you guys come back together. And I always thought that was interesting because when people do the epidural, you know, when they're in labor, they don't make the husbands leave the room. So I don't know what that is, but. Well, at that hospital, they usually let you have one person in there with you. Mm. So, you know, he was by himself for a bit. He said it was pretty crazy. Would um, you have been able to like FaceTime? Um. I mean, I don't think it was long enough to do that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, he came back in pretty quickly after I was pretty numb, you know. And then oh, just went through the numbing for the whole. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, he was allowed in. He just had to come in just for the numbing. Yeah. Okay. It was probably uh, about 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. So, I would just for a lot of people, that's an anxious time. So it'd be nice to have your partner with you. Certainly. <laughs> and if not face to face, then at least maybe digitally, like over Facetime. I know. I think I was rambling too to the nurses and the doctor, and I was just talking a lot to make sure that I was distracting myself 
And I think I was telling them about my other friend's C-section experience. Like they had never heard of a C-section experience. Yeah. Like, tell us what it's like. <laughs> exactly. Now you guys tell me what it's like. <laughs> and then, yeah, they put the sheet up and it was the blue sheet and the clear sheet. And they had asked me earlier what I wanted and if I wanted to see everything. And I said, yes. So luckily at Cedars-Sinai, where I gave birth, they gave me the option to have the clear drop for when she was being pulled out and, you know, taking her first breath. So we opted in for that. And then my nurse was kind of taking photos behind me the whole time, which I thought was really funny. I'm like, you don't need her. But yeah, she took amazing, like hundreds of photos, which is really cool. And as I was lying there, I was just having a conversation with David, my husband, and he was like, this is so crazy. I was like, you're telling me as I'm, you know, laid out. (laughs) And it was pretty quick. I'd say it was about eight minutes, nine minutes before, you know, her little butt came out. And my doctor was talking to me over the drape and she said, Jenna, this is so crazy. Your abs are so crazy. (laughs) And I said, she goes, you just have so many. (laughs) I was like, could you put those back together for me? That would be great. I might want those. And I thought that was really weird because she's just staring at my abs like inside (laughs) as I'm laying there like, oh, that's cool. And again, it was like pretty chill. I was like a little nervous, but I was a little out of it at that point and just waiting. We're just waiting to meet our baby and, you know, know that she's okay and, you know, breathing and well. And she came out and her little, they said her butt came up first and then her little legs were kicking on the way out and they got her out. She swallowed a lot of fluid. They're like, oh, she's so cute. (laughs) Wait, did you get to see that? I did. So it's kind of hard, you know, in theory, you get to see through the plastic, but it's hard to lift yourself up when you're being cut, you know, your abs are being cut When somebody's holding your abs in their hands. Yeah, your lower abs, which you normally would use to lift yourself up that way. I didn't see her butt come out. I saw photos afterwards of that experience. But then I saw her fully like lifted out and, you know, there she was. And it was amazing. It was really cool. And they put her through the plastic onto my chest. So I could actually feel her immediately. It wasn't skin to skin, but they were, you know, delaying the cord cutting. And the first words I think I said like, oh, she's so small. She was really little, but it makes sense. I was pretty little. How Um, big was she? Five pounds, 15 ounces. Oh, wow. She was really little, (laughs) but it was really amazing. And then my husband went away and they take dad over to do like an honorary umbilical cord cut. And I didn't hear her cry for a bit. And I was worried and everybody kind of like went over to the baby, of course. And they're, you know, suturing me up and everybody went silent. And I was like, is everything okay? (laughs) Everything good over there? Like I'm thinking something's wrong. But she just took a second to cry. Everything was great. And before you know it, I think 20, 30 minutes after that, I was in recovery. It was just the wildest and fastest experience. It's definitely under an hour that we were out of there. Wow. But you said you didn't feel pain, but you were able to feel like the pulling, tugging, things like that. Is that true also afterwards when they were closing you back up? No, at that point, I couldn't really feel anything. And I was kind of more in my head about you know, when I was going to be able to see my daughter and when they were going to bring her over to me. So I didn't feel any of that. No, I could just feel them maneuvering me a little bit, you know, like I could feel them kind of like, you know, shifting me over and I could kind of feel when they were pulling her out a little bit, like there was just a little bit of rage there, but no, nothing, nothing too crazy. 
And how about the placenta? The placenta came out and they put it on ice for us. I didn't feel any of that either. I'm pretty sure that was very swift right after. I had an anterior placenta, which we partially thought was why she hadn't turned. There was just not enough room. But, you know, who's to say? Oh, yeah. So that's the other thing I was going to ask. Did they see any clues about any roadblocks? No, nothing. No short cord, nothing like that. None of the things that they say might be the reason why. No. (laughs) Just crazy abs. Yeah, just some tight abs and a tight pelvis and (laughs) that tiny baby. All right. You make it sound like just a routine kind of little thing. Let's go in and get this baby (laughs) out and close me back up. It sounds like you had a really good experience. I did. I did. I think going in, knowing what to expect, having heard the step-by-step of somebody else's experience, I had called my doctor before also and just said, could you take me through the day? And she did. She took me through checking in, checking my blood pressure to when I was going to be in the OR to how long that was going to take to everything. She took me through like a timestamp of everything. And I think that was really helpful for my brain, especially as a planner and just having enough control over something I think was really helpful for me. So going in, knowing kind of what to expect, I was like, this is what a normal, quick, easy routine C-section feels like. And that's what mine was basically felt like. And it was, it really was, you know, I can't complain about the experience at all. It's amazing. I'm glad you had a great experience. I would love to find out how your postpartum experience has been in the hours, days, and weeks since the baby came. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. We're talking to mommy, Jenna Ashkowitz. Mm-hmm. So baby's out, there's stitchy out, but how's recovery? You go into, I assume, some sort of PACU, uh, post-anesthesia care unit. What happens in there? We were hanging out in recovery. We had the room to ourselves. My husband was drafting an announcement email while we were in there. I was hanging out with the baby. I was able to do skin to skin about three minutes after my C-section, they brought her over. Uh, my trembles and, you know, shakiness that you hear about was definitely there. It just wasn't there noticeably enough that like I couldn't hold her by myself, which was nice. And then they will you in your bed with the baby and everybody's congratulating you on the way. I was definitely a bit out of it. And I was really trying to stay lucid because I wanted to remember it so badly. I wanted to like have all of these really crisp, sharp memories. And I do, but I was definitely out of it. My blood pressure was definitely playing games with the nurse for a while. So I was kept in there probably an hour, which is, I think, a little bit longer than normal. And they just wanted to make sure that I wasn't you know, getting postpartum preeclampsia and all these crazy things that you hear about. But oh, so it your blood pressure it, was going up high? And then down low. Like it would play games with us. They would take it from different parts of my body just to see if it was, you know, my arm or my leg. And I don't know. So maybe just my body reacting to interval you know, training, the like. Yeah, exactly. It was like a hit. It was doing a hit workout. <laughs> <laughs> but it leveled out probably by the end of the day. So we were fine. But I had to wait because there were no postpartum rooms. <laughs> oh, wow. There must be a lot of babies. Yeah, it must be. Uh, all the people we trying to like avoid 6-6. Six, six. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They're like, like, can I schedule a C-section too? <laughs> so we were in there for probably about two hours just hanging out with our daughter. And that was actually nice. Like we didn't mind it. Postpartum rooms are fine, you know, all kind of look the same. So we got into the postpartum room. It was so warm in there. <laughs> it was like my one bout of anxiety that I got the whole time. It was so warm in the room and the room was so small. And I was like, this is our room and this is where we're going to be. And can somebody open the door? <laughs> it's like, can somebody just open this door right now? And we were in there. She slept forever. I mean, the babies that come out are just like, they sleep forever and they're just so cute. And you just want to stare at them. And obviously after a C-section, I wasn't able to walk unattended for probably about 12 hours. So there was that, but I drank a lot of water and that was really, it is my thing. And the nurses were so impressed. They were like, look at this catheter. (laughs) She filled it up. And I think it really helped my recovery. So to all the people out there prepping, get that water going. You know, at some point you must start to have the sensation back in your body. Pretty quickly. The the feel just in terms of post-surgery. Yeah, you know, they definitely have that down to a T, the pain management, you know, your IV and getting ahead of it. That was like the big thing was like always staying ahead of the pain. And I started getting my sensation back in recovery for sure in my upper legs first. And then, you know, I didn't even try to wiggle my toes because I knew that I would freak out if I couldn't wiggle them and feel them. So I just (laughs) kind of let it be for a while. But it came back probably within two or three hours, like fully, I felt everything and was able to like, you know, move. And there was one point where they moved my legs for me and I didn't feel it at all. And that was wild to watch and not feel that. Weird. Yeah. So, so weird, but no pain, um, very little pain at all. The first 24 hours, probably. Are you just somebody that doesn't feel pain that much? I have a pretty high pain threshold, which is kind of why I was excited for vaginal birth. (laughs) (laughs) This is my thing. To test my pain tolerance. No, but I do have a high pain tolerance. I didn't feel it. And a bunch of friends telling me who know me really well, like, don't try to be a hero here. Like, you know, just take the meds and go with it. And my doctor's saying the same thing. So I did. I really did. I know that I can try and push it. And people probably think like, oh, she works out so hard. And, you know, I definitely like try to push things. And I didn't want to push this recovery too soon. I didn't want to injure myself. I'm still taking it easy and I'm two and a half weeks postpartum. So, you know, I didn't do anything to like test my boundaries, you know, postpartum. And yeah, I was definitely up and going to the bathroom myself within that evening after surgery, probably around midnight. So So just really hours after you had the surgery. Is that how you pictured it? Not at all. I thought I was going to be laid out for like maybe weeks. I really did not know what to expect. And I expected the worst. I think my husband did too. And we were just prepared because we had heard such, I don't know, crazy stories and people saying like, you don't want to do the stairs and you don't want to walk and you don't want to do any of these things too much. But I had heard other people who had actually had C-section say like, I got up and I walked and it was the most helpful thing. And I felt ready to get up and walk especially just to go a couple of steps to the bathroom. And, you know, they say like, make sure you get somebody to help you and nurse to help you don't go unattended. But I could have, I probably could have. <laughs> I just didn't. I'm a rule follower. Because we know yeah, about some, those yeah. ice licks. <laughs> Were you planning to breastfeed? I was, and I am. 
and it has been the steepest learning curve of all of motherhood and pregnancy and postpartum. It is so hard. Whoa. Luckily, I've met a couple of lactation consultants, just one at Cedars and one at our pediatrician that have been so helpful in giving us tools and kind of guiding us. But I mean, it is a marathon. It is a marathon and nobody prepares you for that. And I mean, TMI, but like, you know, my nipples are raw. Like my boobs are just sore. Like your body is healing. And then all of a sudden there's this new pain that you're feeling constantly. And I don't know how you sustain that without help. So when were you able to try and latch for the first time after the birth? Very quickly after in recovery, I think she tried to breastfeed and she did and she latched. And I was like, is this what it's supposed to feel like? It just clicked. She's a really good latcher most of the time. And I don't really remember that though. I don't really remember probably like an hour of recovery. That's my guess. And that's one of the things that I don't remember, but she was getting colostrum and then the lactation consultant at Cedars came and she was great. And she actually showed me how to hand express. And I was doing syringes to just compensate for how little she was. We would breastfeed. And then after I would give her about two milliliters of colostrum that I hand expressed to make sure that I, you know, I knew she was getting those two milliliters. Another thing I didn't know that our pediatrician told us in the hospital was there's this mean thing that happens where newborns appetites come in just probably a day before your mother's milk milk comes in. in. And that was really hard. That was probably one of our hardest days was her breastfeeding and then screaming after and not getting what she needed and you going, wow, I can't give her what she needs right now. That's so frustrating and so hard and so stressful, honestly. But luckily my milk came in the next day. So like it did come in when they said it would. And, you know, it's amazing what our bodies just know how to do. I'm just totally uh, insane. I am floored by my body and pregnancy and postpartum, but yeah, my milk came in and she's eating great and she's gaining weight. We saw a lactation consultant where they weighed her after and she's doing fine. But even so, I can't imagine how hard it is for people who breastfeeding is not that easy to begin with. I mean, like this has been pretty seamless for me and this is so much and it's so hard and it's such a steep learning curve. I feel like most people who breastfeed for, you know, six weeks or more, my experience is they'll generally say that there are two to three times where they feel like I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to give up. I can't do this. And then once you push past those, it gets a lot more regular, normal, simple, just part of regular life. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, I've definitely been through one of those humps already where you're like, how do I sustain this? How does this happen constantly where you are on a running clock and you are just a machine? Honestly, like I am a feeding machine and you go, how do I do this forever? And then you just remember like, oh, the newborn phase isn't forever. This can't be forever then. And I'm sure it gets easier, but man, it is painful (laughs) and it is a constant. It is really constant. Well, that should all clear up, meaning it shouldn't be painful. And also, you know, they don't need to be as close together as their belly gets a little bit bigger. Right. uh, Before (laughs) you know it, they're also eating some foods and then you miss it. 
I'm sure. I mean, I am soaking up every moment going, she's too big already. This is going too fast. (laughs) (laughs) Two weeks in. (laughs) Yeah. So now in terms of your recovery, I would say cesarean recovery, but overall, like post-pregnancy, as your body's starting to change back to pre-pregnancy, how's that going for you? Yeah, it's amazing. My recovery in general has been, again, like I feel very charmed by this whole thing. I've been very lucky. It's been pretty seamless. And the C-section recovery was the biggest thing that I was most concerned about. We set up camp downstairs in our guest bedroom so I wouldn't have to do my stairs to my bedroom. We've now moved upstairs finally, but that was really helpful because I just didn't want to push doing stairs too soon. I didn't push myself at all. Honestly, I really rested and I really took to what people had said, like, just take it easy. And I loved it. (laughs) It was like the biggest excuse for me to be lazy, which uh, not lazy, but, you know, to relax, which was nice. And I was walking, you know, a day or two after getting in and out of bed pretty easy. And the more I did stuff, the more I would feel it though. That's for sure. And I did take the meds and I did listen and I did rest and not push myself too hard. And I think because of that, I healed a lot quicker. My scar and everything is just less noticeable. And the pain is, you know, I'm two plus weeks now. And I took a really nice walk today, you know, pushing the stroller, which was nice. And so I'm definitely mobile which was great. And we were surprised. We were definitely surprised by how well it went and how well my recovery was. That's at least one of the better surprises to have. Certainly. I mean, I think my expectations were low about all of postpartum. And I hope that people are encouraged by that, you know, because of C-section. I hear horror stories. I heard horror story after horror story. I heard how hard it is, how not fun it was, how bad it was. And then, you know, I came and I had this recovery and I was like, it doesn't matter. I have this bundle of joy in my arm and nothing else mattered. And my recovery was fine. (laughs) So I feel really lucky in that sense. So on a closing note, I would ask maybe two or three questions. One is now that you've been through it, is there anything that you learned from the experience that you didn't know that might be helpful to somebody else? Oh my goodness. Honestly, I think like drown out the noise. (laughs) Your experience is going to be your experience no matter what in your pregnancy, in your labor, in your recovery. Take as much information as you can, prepare for all of it, but like drown out the noise because it was helpful for me to know, but it was so drastically different from what I had heard. So, so second question might be too soon. But if you get pregnant and have another baby and that one's head down, do you have a leaning on whether you would just rinse and repeat or, you know, test your pain tolerance? I don't know. If my C-section report is good enough and if we do this again, I would definitely try for a VBAC for sure. But I wouldn't be devastated by another plan C section <laughs> because of just the experience, you know, knowing what I know. Right. It's kind of fantastic because you're good either way. So yeah, <laughs> it seems like it would be less pressure. Sure, for sure. Exactly. Cool. Well, I was right. You're a great storyteller. Yeah. <laughs>
It's true. Most people don't have that kind of detail from what happens right afterward, even just a couple of weeks after the birth, but you're mm. pretty lucid on the details. Yeah, it's pretty cool how you just, uh, oh, you're going to poke me with that giant needle? Mm, I didn't feel the pinch or the burn. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I just had surgery. I'm going to go for a walk. Okay, guys. <laughs> I, I know, I know. No, I felt really lucky for all of it, but I. <laughs> but on, on was, most of that, it's important to say you earned it. Like you really worked hard to treat your body well, and it sounds like your body really treated you well in return. It did, yeah. Thank you. I tell people that who are looking to get pregnant, and people have told me this: like, just get in shape and really take care of yourself because it really does steam well on your whole pregnancy and recovery, at least for me, that was my experience. Yeah, so. seemingly mind and body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, always. I so appreciate you and you sharing with us. And, you know, now I feel better. Like if I get pregnant, you I feel better. You could have a C-section and you feel I, good about it. I wouldn't be too nervous about it now. Oh, good. I'm so glad. So thank you. You're welcome. Jenna, remind us where we can find you online. Yes, um, my Instagram, my Facebook, my Twitter are all Jenna Ashkowitz, and you spell that U-S-H-K-O-W-I-T-Z. Sure you do. For those who are curious. <laughs> I love that you got them all the same. What? All your handles on all the different social media. I love how they're all the same. Oh, yeah. Right? There's not that many Jenna Ashkowitzes out there that I have to fight with. Yeah. That's one of the perks of being an Ashkowitz. <laughs> <laughs> all right i will find you over there on social media and if you want to connect with us we're on there too at dr berlin d-o-c-t-o-r-b-e-r-l-i-n doctor doctor give me the news i got